0: is up everybody tony with the potty slave podcast here uh i'm with anthony and nate as per usual we have a special episode for you two guys tonight we had a, a a guest on we're pretty excited about it uh tuan will get into that in just a second first off hit us up on the socials at Podio slave on twitter and instagram and then our email is potty slave podcast at gmail.com gonna throw it over to nate and he has a shout out for us real quick nate what do you got
1: yeah speaking of social media we got some love from horror flicks and guitar picks thanks for the love guys we always love to uh share the cross promotion uh, on those socials so appreciate it guys and uh yeah one of my good friends came onto the podcast and i'm going to throw it over to anthony to kind of give an intro for that
2: yeah so tonight we were joined by justin he is the uh production manager for Bruhaha productions uh out on the west coast and certainly they have a uh, global representation too but uh one of the largest craft beer centric and music event producers in the U.S. So he's big interest in music, big interest in beer, and um, if you're into any of those, check him out on Instagram. He's got quite the following on there, very active, cool follow. I follow him. Uh, it's at Beer Punks. Pretty simple. At Beer Punks, all one word, uh, B-E-R-P-U-N-K-S. Give it a follow. This is a cool interview. We we cover. Everything from um, you know putting a show together, the logistics, the come up, uh, music, beer—you name it. This was a fun one. So, with that, um, we'll get into the interview with Justin.
1: What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Podio Slave Podcast. I'm here with my good friend Justin, or also known as Beer Punks. How you got, How you doing today, man?
3: I'm doing fantastic. How you doing? Good. Good. Here with
1: my friends Tony and Anthony uh recording on uh thursday august 27th and uh yeah we wanted to kind of shoot the shit with you we always wanted someone that was in the promotion side of the game uh promoter i've been uh, part of a promotion company back east where we used to put on little club shows and anthony's uh worked at a record label and tones had some stints in uh and and things too so we wanted to get you on and kind of get your take on uh on putting on shows and so forth and that's kind of a cool background that you have that kind of collides with the beer industry and we're big, you know, craft beer heads here too. So stoked to yeah, have yeah. you on, man. Cool. Thanks, Hell man. Yeah.
0: yeah and, and to Nate's point, um, just excited to have people. We, we do, we say this every week, we want to have different people from the music industry on and people from different walks of that. So to have you, we haven't had anybody that's done what you do on. So pretty excited to talk to you um, about different things in the world today and, and things that you've done in the past too. Um, Cause obviously right now things are kind of at a stand, standstill, but, They'll get back. We'll get it back at some point.
2: So Justin, I know, um, like we, we know what a, like a production company does and promotion company does in the context of music. But I know some of our listeners aren't as big, big geeks as, as we are. But like, what would you what would you say in a few sentences what a production company does, a promotion company does relative to live music?
3: Oh, man. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, So. All right. So we're, we're a little bit different than just a production company. Like we don't just do the the production side of things. Um, I can break that down in a, in a nutshell, basically, which is, it's the sounds so dumb, but there's an empty field, all right? I show up, I take a look at it, I decide what needs to go in there, I order it, I put it together, have my guys put it together, and then bam, there's your show. And then the other aspect of what we do is uh, we do all the planning, um, all the booking, uh, we're completely internal. So we don't do any outsourcing, everything's inside. So, I mean, every single, piece of the show is is us wow
1: so that includes crew and like stagehands and everything everything everything. Uh, that's rad and so everyone knows the name of the company is Haha productions which uh, specializes in punk music festivals that collides with uh the craft beer scene here in uh southern california where both justin and i uh reside so super cool take on the industry i I don't think anyone else is doing it at your scale it's really rad
3: No, definitely not we started out Ten years ago is just one single craft beer festival annual, and then then it was two, and then it was three, and then it was four, and then it was seasonal for several years, and then we got involved with another company that puts on a lot of huge shows, and they recently went under, and uh, we've, we we kind of kept it going the best we can.
2: I was telling Nate, it's pretty much like a warp tour for adults, or like a fun warp tour.
3: It, it that's it. So we created the Punk and droplet Festival that's that's our festival and uh, that's exactly what it was from day one we're like all right well we're all grown up now now let's do one for us you know at 40 years old or however old you are 30 35 so yeah that's a good way to put
0: it oh yeah man that's i mean that's right up our alley at, at our age i'm 36 i think nate's 36 and, and yep. twan's I'm thirty-six. So. <laughs> yeah so we're all we're all right in that boat right like oh good beer too i guess i'll go to this this sounds like fun <laughs> totally um, so how do you get started in an industry like that? Were you booking local shows? Were you working at a brewery? How did how did that, all that come about?
3: Oh man. I hope you guys have like five hours. We got all uh, the time in the world. Plenty man. of time. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I uh it's weird. I I don't know how I even actually got started in it. It just kind of happened by chance. I guess I'm I'm pretty good at putting myself in position. If I feel like something might be interesting to me, I'll kinda work that and g- keep it in my pocket but the overview of it is i was in the marine corps i got out of the marine corps or just before i was getting out i went to warp tour 2008 in san diego nice i think and i met this band called poor habit If you guys know them dudes no. from compton they're on fat records nice um became friends with them and they kind of i don't for whatever reason they love me they're like jocks and shit like i am and we talk about sports and just became we became close friends. And next thing you know, like they're they're like opening for No Effects and shit all the time. Hey, come on out here. You want to come backstage? Okay, cool. And I did that, and it, I just kind of built up this. Uh, I don't know. I just became friends with everybody. You know, I have I have a fucking nice. Pennywise tattoo, and <laughs> now those guys are some of my closest friends. That's awesome. And uh, that's kind of how it started. And then I I met Cameron, the owner of Haha around that time too and he was just doing beer festival it was still new and uh we kind of just merged it together over time
0: um so I, I think i hear that and i think to myself i remember going to brew fest when i was what 21 22 nate you you were still home so we would go to like that one brew fest that maine had every winter every like early fall november maine or fest. so yeah and yeah. obviously it's it's proliferated it's huge now we don't have the the mix of the the two here on the east coast anyway up our way um where they put the two together so you guys put them together was that like organic or was that like we both love music we all you're doing brew fest let's let's get some bands here too
3: yeah so Cameron and I were always he I had started I started the beer punks page like 10 or 11 years ago that's when I met him shortly after I started it it was just like a like a friend Facebook page. <laughs> I don't even think like, like pages existed, like fan pages. Yep. Yeah. So he like friended me and he was like, dude, I love craft beer and punk rock too. I put on this beer festival. And from then on, it had always been talked about. It just, it took a little while for it to get going. Mm-hmm. So it really, it happened immediately, the idea awesome. of it. And uh, it, the East Coast, we took Punk and Trubbuck there before, but I think as far as we went is, uh, I think we went Massachusetts. Yeah, and then we did the bash with Rancid in New York.
2: Yep. So, so you said what? Ten, twelve years ago. So that was like that was early to be you know into beer. You know what I mean? If you were into beer before that,
3: you're be like an alcoholic. You know what I mean? It wasn't. <laughs> you know? Yeah.
0: It's become a hobby now, right? You're ahead right. of the
3: game. I posted. Uh, you guys might not know this brand, uh, but I'm sure Nate does. Um, Anderson Valley Boon Amber Ale or whatever. It's like. That was like craft beer back then. It was like, fuck yeah, dude! I'm gonna get that amper. That's rad. (laughs) And uh, I made a joke today, like to all the like half naked hazy IPA chicks, like, yeah, amper ales. It's a real thing. It's not just a myth. Like it, it actually existed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, that was the type of shit we drink back then.
0: Well, I thought I thought Yingling was craft for a while when I when I was first (laughs) coming up, and then I I figured it out that it wasn't. So
1: (laughs) yeah, still on the east coast. I still like them. The Northeast too. It's like Craft was considered like Sam Adams, which is still considered Craft in terms of like category because it's not you know big beer, but it's right on the cusp, right? I mean, it's, yeah. it's I think this point.
3: production production wise, they surpassed the label Craft.
1: Oh, do they? Yeah. They
3: just yeah. okay. I think that a couple years good. ago, they yeah, they're dude, they're no joke. Those guys are putting out a lot of fucking beer.
0: Well, yeah. Don't they own Truly too? Oh
3: but, uh, yeah. I think do. they
0: do. Yeah, which was a smart play on their part because they're one of the you know everybody reaches for truly or white claw right yeah <laughs> <this> totally
1: <laughs> so when you're booking these festivals you're you said you had some connections with the bands like kind of organically are you using like your network through the, your friend are you kind of cold calling bands out of the blue that you're you're fans of to bring onto these festivals or how does that work
3: it it depends uh so basically cameron will come up with the wish list we have a booking guy you ever, you ever heard a sidebar in fullerton no um,
1: oh slide the, bar yeah yeah for sure
3: yeah so he was the booking guy there um and if you know that place it's this crappy little dive bar that would just have like all your favorite punk bands play there all the fucking time it's crazy and every show was free so he oh it's red it's like a
1: it's like a nursery dream there's like signed shit and like
3: dude i yeah. yeah right yeah the whole like that whole walkway through there is just filled with all these rad pictures autographed the yeah. jeremy from lit the band lit he's the owner oh, right yep. on. oh no shit but anyway, so uh, he helps us out with a lot of stuff, but there's certain bands that Cameron hasn't gotten to know very well that I can help. Like we've, He's wanted Mill and Colin a few times, and I'm good friends with them, so he'll have me give him a call. I mean, dude, those guys, I love them, but they're always too busy. Like, nah, I want to, but sorry. Like, dude see how much money we're offering you you should do it no yeah, I mean, no at busy.
0: this point too i mean where, where they got those with uh,
3: this big name <laughs> tony hawk royalties there bro. yeah oh yeah. shit dude. Well, that
0: comes out in a couple of days doesn't it it's early september right
3: yeah zebra is on that too yep yep oh hell yeah i, I heard it, talk- dan told me that a while ago and he was fucking stoked
0: it's awesome i mean I, I can't wait i'll play that till um you know till two in the morning that's gonna be me here coming up soon so <laughs>
3: <laughs> hell yeah
0: so i i you, you're growing up, you're into music. Was it always punk, or did you start elsewhere, or did you kind of evolve into that? How, Ooh, how'd that go? That's a good
3: question. Uh, um, fuck, man. Now, actually, no, dude. I So I grew up in Peoria fucking Illinois. Oh, right. shit. Piece of shit, little ghetto-ass town. So let's just Bud say hometown. the people I lived around didn't listen to any type of rock music. I'll just say mm-hmm. it like that. So I guess when I was younger, I listened to like a lot of rap and shit. Yep uh and then it was then rage against the machine i heard rage against the machine and i was like yes dude this this and then it turned into pennywise and bad religion from there i don't know how it Just it, happened that's
0: the best part it just happens right all of a sudden you're listening to these guys and you're like oh man i like them too <laughs> yeah the
2: best. Yep. for sure it is funny to think about because there's no spotify like for fans of shit it's always like cd liner notes or your buddy has an older sibling or something.
3: That's how it happened. We moved outside of the city, and this kid, who's like the most punk rock dude I've ever met, and pretty much the only punk rocker in the whole town of 120,000 people. Um, his name's Joey, dude, and he. I I bet you, if right now if you just said a band that you didn't think anybody would know. I could text him right now and be like, "Hey, dude, you ever heard of this?" And he'd be like, "Oh yeah, dude, listen to it all the time." And he'd pull up his hard drive, and they'll be on there.
0: That's kind so of that's kind of Tuan. That's yeah, what he that's does. Kinda, <laughs> I was gonna say
1: that's that's Anthony. That's that's Anthony for like straight up metal. Like all this stuff. Yeah, that, like yeah. I'll be just I'll just discover it and be like, "Oh, dude, I, that, that band is amazing."
0: Like, what you know this band? Like, yeah, sure, no, bro. yeah, he's like, check this out. Check I'll this out. I'll pull out, out a oh, CD yeah. booklet. I'll cool. take a
1: photo
2: of the CD. Yeah. Oh yeah. So,
3: yeah. Wait, you ever heard of Austrian Death Machine? I have. Um, is
2: that the dude from Asleep Dying?
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that,
0: they do the Arnold Schwarzenegger type. Yeah, yeah, so yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. That's, that was one of the bands that dude told me about. Like, oh, this is sick, and I, I end up becoming friends with those dudes too. A lot of them are locals here. And, nice. uh, but that's a band nobody I know even knows about. And I'm like, how the, how did you even fucking find this? Like, you literally had to go buy the CD yep. somewhere. Where did you buy it? Right. There's nowhere to buy CDs here.
0: So we we have a pretty good. Uh, indie record store chain in our region and I walked into ours in Portland which is this like walk down the stairs into the basement type of record store just one of those okay. awesome places that you love to go we grew up in and they were playing Austrian Death Machine one day that's how I heard <laughs> about them. I was like oh my god this is, is. like get to the choppa and like, this is amazing
3: you're looking a little bit like a noodle it's just <laughs> so funny
2: yeah <laughs> it's so funny you say that because Tone they came up in conversation with us in the mm-hmm. last year and I was like, How the fuck do you know who they are?
0: Yeah, yeah. that's how oh, wow. that's how Bull Moose, man. Just walking into Bull Moose. Thanks, guys.
1: <laughs> you weren't seeking it out, it just happened.
0: Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. And it stuck with me. That was probably twenty years ago. So
1: Justin, crazy. there's a term that we put on the that we that we mentioned on this show. It's called Nerdery, which is like we're not like a bunch of Star Wars geeks on here, we're a bunch of like music geeks and we call it nerdery, and we just like nerd out on on stuff like this. it's like, Oh shit, you know that too. Like, hell yeah, that's yeah, what we man. do. Yep. Yeah. It's like the whole like premise for this podcast and when you said rage against the machine it's like that makes sense for a crossover because we're all huge fucking rage fans on this show like we talk about them i feel like every other episode at least um in fact i think remember i sent you that picture of me running into uh brad wilk up in la just oh yeah 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 the grocery store i was like oh shit You're fucking idol right there yeah. um
3: oh yeah
1: but yeah so rage makes sense for a crossover into punk rock from like you know rock metal or whatever into the punk rock scene but um something i was thinking about um the barriers like of entry into this whole world of promoting because i was doing it on a very small scale in in southern maine you know putting on like i don't know 400 cap shows what do you think anthony what is asylum tiny ass show station three four hundred cap yeah some of the bands already mentioned on this podcast but you know just small time but you're doing some pretty big things with with your festival i mean when we first met up it was like shit bro it's so cool that you're putting on festivals with like the offspring like yeah. when did you feel like you like finally made it as a promoter? Like getting, you know, bands like that. That's pretty sick.
3: Uh well, I mean, doing Sabroso with the offspring was that was pretty big. That was cool cause, yeah, you know, I mean anyone our age would be like, Fuck, dude, that's crazy. Can we win with for offspring? Probably I don't know, that's tough. The the one moment would be when we did punk and dreadbook here in Orange County. Yeah. That was fucking crazy dude it was i think we had 30 35 000 people on the beach at this show was that at sea legs that sea legs yeah which uh, you, you've seen was, sea legs that's a tiny venue
1: i was supposed to be at that show too and when i missed it i was like so fucking bummed like a lot of the festivals that you put on like i was supposed to be at and had some kind of commitment
3: it's <laughs> like shit well you don't have to worry about that anymore
1: we got you uh, i nice. appreciate it Well, now i'm just yeah i mean these guys know it's been well documented on here that i kind of uh, and my wife my, my wife calls me out on all the time that I'll schedule
3: work travel around shows all the You're time. You're a
0: smart man, Nate. You're a smart man. <laughs>
3: well, it's easy. We'll just we'll just get two routes booked, and you'll just have to be there then, huh? Hell yeah,
0: yeah.
1: yeah. Work S- commitment.
0: Slanging the beer, bro. Got to do it. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: So that thirty-five thousand people on the beach—that—that that sounds insane.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll try to find some pictures. Uh, oh yeah, if you then, can kick
0: me a picture or two we'll, we'll put that up on We'll put that up part of the, the YouTube video we do
3: okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll find one and send it over to you guys It's just like, as far as the eye can see It's crazy
2: The thing about I was, was going to say, the thing about a festival like that Is like, most people They buy their ticket, they show up They have a good time Then they leave Most people don't think about all the logistics that go into it Permits, licensing Promotion, it's just crazy Like, do you think most people get it? all the behind the scenes stuff where they have no idea no they have no no idea yeah (laughs) they don't know anything they're probably stumbling out of that having a blast you know
3: yeah yeah they have no idea and they don't know who's who and we all look the same you know um and they just i don't know yeah you're you're right they're just like fucking clueless
1: that's like warp tour like you don't know you're just going you check out all this stuff like amazing stuff for such a killer deal your deal like was really cool with all your festivals because i was telling these guys uh, a few days ago, like a lot of your festivals are like a one, one price ticket. Like it's unlimited beer tastings and the show the lineup's worth the cat, like worth the ticket price in itself, which I always thought was really cool.
3: Yeah. I, I think for uh, this one, punk in the park, we're doing, well, we're supposed to do, and then we're supposed to do again. And hopefully we'll get to do in the future. That one, I I think, honestly, I couldn't even tell you the price. I I think it's like 40 bucks.
2: Yeah. Like what are you going to, what else are you going to do with 40 bucks?
3: (laughs) No shit. Yeah, it's it's super cheap. Two
0: four packs, right? I mean, of good stuff.
3: Yeah, any more? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So okay, so putting together that big of a festival and and nobody else understands it, right? How long in advance are you working on that? Six months? Three months?
3: Um, Well, we do tours a lot. Yep. That's kind of been our whole model with uh, like Sabroso, Punkin like The Bash. The idea of it usually starts about a year out, okay, and then. Once we start getting into, like, go time, probably, I probably spend like two or three months. That's it. I mean, for like, yeah. I mean, it really, it's really not that much time. We just they're just long days, and we're just in the office, just just grinding. You're just on the phone all day and emailing all day, and that's pretty much it. That's that's pretty easy, actually. That part's easy.
2: Well, cause now now they have a brand. You know, Punk and Drabek has it has a brand name. You know what I mean? So it's not like you're promoting it from scratch and you probably have a blue bloop-
3: blueprint too. Yeah. A lot of it just carries over. It's pretty easy.
0: I mean, that's, that's us, right? When we started, we had no idea what we were doing. And then all of a sudden we started to put together a little blue. We were, we were getting ready to talk to you tonight. We had all these things lined up that we needed to get done. And we just kind of banged <laughs> up. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. all right, we know, we know what we're doing going into this. That, that's it. cool. Yeah. It seems obvious. When,
1: like when you have a formula, but before you have a formula, like how the fuck do you do this? And when you have a formula, like, Oh, this is
3: so easy. Yeah, it's like still like there's still a lot of work you here in- and
0: there but you still make it work
3: yeah yeah still a lot of work but make it work and uh, like whenever it's a, a first time tour the first show is usually going to have some big flaws you know and it's pretty easy to get all that dialed in though
2: you know where my head goes if you uh don't know what the fuck you're doing is fire <laughs> <laughs>
3: My wife loves watching those goddamn documentaries. She's probably watched them each one ten times.
0: I saw the Netflix one, and I was like, "Yeah, this is this is a fucking dumpster fire." <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: it's crazy. Uh, I mean, I think it gives you context that it's it, it's uh, a lot of work, like you said, a lot of time on the phone and emails and stuff. But it's still not a piece of cake. Like it's there's a lot of logistics involved. The fact that you have your everyone in house, I I feel like that must
3: streamline it quite a bit yeah it's it's easier in some ways it's easier in some ways it's not when we were working with the other company they took care of a lot of things that i'd never even dealt with before i've only been the the production manager for the last maybe year year and a half before i mean i've done every fucking job in the company so they used to do a lot of that stuff those guys are legit some of those some of the uh the producers production managers event managers those guys are, are good. So I definitely leaned on them for a lot of shit, and but now it's all on me. And it's a little more difficult sometimes, but uh, I guess I like that. So you know, I, yeah, I get I off mean- on that. I get off on the pressure.
1: Well, it's cool to have that creative control because we, we always like shit on and we're notorious where we shit on like Ticketmaster and Live Nation on this podcast quite a yeah, bit. Yeah, we did do that a little bit. Because we're fans and we get ripped off by these ticket fees and just unnecessary BS all the time. Like I didn't even get refunded for like some of the concerts for like 6 months even though it says on the terms that I should get refunded within 2 weeks. And I understand the whole COVID thing, but um that's nor here nor, nor there, but to so the fact that you can have that creative control and artist you know creativity to to put together these mashups of like punk rock and, and beers you know i'd say probably pretty conducive to to your business and having that reach even if it is like grassroots so that's pretty right yeah
3: it is uh as far as ticketing though no, man they, you can't you can't do that on your own they they're gonna get theirs yep uh,
0: yeah so we've kind we of still cornered that market guys.
3: yeah we, we still deal with them
0: so do we <laughs> Unfortunately. <Yeah. laughs> yeah
3: Yeah. i don't know it's it's cool i don't mind some the one cool thing about working with some of those bigger companies like that on things is you get you develop a relationship with a lot of them and that definitely benefits you moving forward
0: one i would imagine it's like anything if you 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 put a face with a name or you put a face with a company it becomes a little easier to deal with too right yeah you've talked to people you've seen them you know that they're they're trying that that would change things a little bit i would think
3: yeah definitely
1: yeah that's a good point it's like once you have a, a personality that you realize like oh this guy's in it because he actually is a true nerd like he actually yeah. understands the terminology nerdery because he got into the industry for that reason yeah. instead of like some like you know big wig that has no clue what the hell's going on it's just in it for the, the cash yeah totally nate a
2: few uh, actually early on in this podcast we were talking about just the logistics around booking shows and whatnot and you mentioned even the coordination of the traffic pattern to yeah. get to the parking and shit like it's just crazy uh, people for 40 bucks are you kidding me like it may, that's where my head goes it's like when you're the when the onus is on you to coordinate all that it's a lot like that's why it pays to have a you know kind of a brand name and, and a playbook
3: yeah the 40 for one that's in orange county and we i we know that it's going to sell out here
0: mm-hmm. yeah
3: if we're in fucking albuquerque new mexico uh, it's probably not going to do so well mm-hmm. you know what i mean like so it it your location depends on that type of stuff um, yeah i'm sure if if we took this on the road we'd probably have to adjust the price a little bit but we know our markets we know where we're going to kill it and where we're not
0: so when you pick those markets is that obviously the bringing the music with you is something that you set up beforehand but when you're looking at different markets you're looking at the kind of the hyper localization of beer right like everybody wants their local stuff
3: yeah. to be there and yeah. then, and
0: then maybe something kind of new from somewhere else to kind of show up too, so they can have something different. Exactly. Something, you, you must pay yeah. attention to that.
3: Uh, yeah. Cameron is super locked into that stuff. We have a curator that works for our company and she came from uh, uh, fuck. What's it called? Um, Kern river brewing. Nice. Um, she was their event coordinator and she's super connected all across the country and she gets all kinds of rad local shit and then oh, we'll do a little surprise stuff like some like if like a bottle logic or something here mm-hmm. we'll get them to yep. come out to some other city that's
0: awesome. god knows what state how do i get that job is the <laughs> question
3: <laughs> uh, i don't know how she got it but hey she good for her yeah she's good though she's she's amazing with that shit
1: justin that actually brings up a really uh, a good point we were trying to think like man like when you said you were starting out it was like you had some connections in the music industry almost on a friendship level. And you had a friend that was putting on beer fest. So you were like coming up in that, at that phase. And now you're selling out these amazing music festivals. And obviously like it's metrics based on locality, like obviously Southern California. I mean, in your heyday, those festivals, I felt like there was a beer festival every weekend and like at least 50% of them were yours, which is really rad, especially here in San Diego with like, you know, 91 accents and everyone like cross promoting. Beer
3: those are a big one down there.
1: Yeah, dude, they did a great job. Like every, every other commercial was was brx and stuff like that but that up you know that uptick to selling at a festival clearly it's the it's the network so that girl you were just mentioning like she had the network it becomes like a a talent pool to get people on the same page so what what does it take like how does it how does it come to that is it just like people that are reaching out to you like hey i want to, i want to be part of this this program or
3: how it works is uh, we will we'll get we'll do a wish list for some things that we like some things yeah. that we like uh cameron will be like, hey, I like I really want these guys or whatever. And uh sometimes I do the curating too, but it's mostly this this chick. And we'll decide the ones we want depending on who is gonna sign up, what we think is realistic and what's not, and we'll send out a little bit more and put a timeline on it. We send out these evites and uh send them the link and they can they can sign up right then and there. It's actually pretty easy. You just nice. pick the brews that you want. Find their information, send it to them, and they can sign up or not.
0: And and I would think pre COVID, obviously, it was probably easy to get a keg here and there, and stuff would. I mean, I, I noticed here in our tiny little corner um, of in the Northeast that we were starting to see stuff from all over the country um, at our our cool little beer bars here. So I would imagine for you guys it was similar. You just kind of put in a request and get a get a keg, and when it was gone, it was gone. But you had it for the for the show.
3: Yeah, definitely um yeah uh so we some of some of that shit when when i was she she got pregnant and so she was on leave and i filled in for her last year for a couple months and i'm i'm such a dick dude i (laughs) the the first thing that popped in my head every time i would go to start curating for whatever city always first thing send the link hey this is the festival this is what it's about this is what's going on uh, here's the link. Sign up if you want, and and don't forget, my guys get thirsty while they're out there, so bring a little extra. You can nice. bill me for it if you want. Smart man. And dude, my reefer trucks at every show are just loaded with extra beer. Hell yeah. So we, uh, that's yeah, we we fucking party too, <laughs> <laughs> like while we're working and after.
1: It's all about the fringe benefits. I mean, like both Tuan and I have worked in the music industry, and it's just like the pay sucked, but dude, the amount of free shit we got, it was worth it. You
3: know. Yeah if, like yeah, if you like
0: that, yeah, if you like that stuff too, why the hell, hell, hell
3: yeah. not? Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I actually the last year when we did Camp Punk and Drublick at in Ohio, um, the three Floyd's dudes were. I was shocked yep. how fucking cool they were with me. Nice. I was thinking they're gonna be you know snobby dickheads, and they were cool as shit. Dude, they brought me a whole fucking case of uh, was it zombie dust.
0: Yep, zombie death. And Alpha oh, yeah.
3: King. And, like, I had – dude, I had, like, probably $800 worth of beer just for me and my buddies, oh, my, crew, my crew guys. And I'm, oh, I I yeah. got – the day we're leaving, I'm trying to, like – my flight leaves in two hours, trying to get everything out, get to the airport. I still had two cases of beer left, and I didn't want to get rid of it. So I was just, like, slamming everything I could. <laughs> and That's we got amazing. to the – yeah, I got on the plane right as they were shutting the door yeah and uh, i was fucking hammered
0: Uh, that's awesome
3: so yeah that was that that was awesome
0: awesome. that's cool they're awesome i i've had i've had zombie dust a a buddy of mine is from chicago and was there in that area and brought some home a few years back and i got to try it and i was like damn this is this is no joke all right i'm in didn't realize the midwest could do the ipa game but they can (laughs) hell yeah because it's always coasts, right? The the West Coast has started it, and then the East Coast has kind of changed a little bit and made it their own.
3: Changed a little bit—that's an understatement.
0: Yeah, I know. We don't like that. We don't like the. We want the orange juice. That's what we. That's what I'm drinking yeah. right now.
3: Guys, ruined the game, man. Oh
0: yeah, maybe. Is that maybe. the perception?
3: I, is that the perception? <laughs> um, out here it is. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? That's not true. Nate's too nice to tell us. So. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's your your generation. Dudes yeah. my age are like, dude, fuck this shit. I just want to go back to West Coast IPAs. But all the young, the young kids, what, are, what do they call it? Uh, the Janice or whatever?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: Are they, if they're, uh, whoever the 21 year olds are now, they're all about the hazy.
0: Lots of haze happening out here. Uh, some of it's good and some of it's whatever. I mean, it's like anything else, right? Because some of the West Coast IPAs, depending on where you get them, aren't great either. So, same yeah. idea. Well,
3: there, there's, I'm not going to lie, there's a lot of bad beer out there.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's a lot sure. of beer out there, period, right? I mean, that's why you're going to, you're going to, same same, uh, same thing with music. You're going to run into um, a lot of, we, we we talk about this a lot. Early 2000s, there was a lot of money in the game before kind of the world changed a little bit. And uh, <laughs> there was a lot of stuff that hit CDs that didn't need to. <laughs> and it's the same thing with beer.
3: Totally. Dude, you know what? There, up until this shit happened, there was a resurgence of a lot of money in punk rock.
0: Yep, uh, I'm not
3: even gonna get into what we face some of these bands.
0: Damn, uh, now I want to know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> once we go, once we go off air, we'll talk about it.
0: <laughs> All right, cool, cool.
3: <laughs>
2: well, yeah, I mean, you got to figure, a lot of these bands are getting older, and so are their fans. And when you get older, you typically make more money, and you you're willing to dish it out. So it makes sense. Um, that's why I keep going back to 40 bucks. Like, yeah, oh, right. damn, I I'd invite my whole family.
3: Yeah, so. <laughs> And that also a lot of that depends on the, the bands that we have too. Yeah, so sure. uh, like a band like Pennywise, dude, Fletcher, always. He is dude, he's legit, he's the real deal. Nice. He is what you think he is. Same thing with Fat Mike. Both of them are just very clear cut and Fletcher especially like, no fuck that dude. Let's make it the bare minimum. Like so we can make enough money and survive. But like make it as cheap as possible and just let's fucking rage. That's but awesome. other yeah. other bands, well, they're, usually some of they'll have a stake in have ownership in the festival. That's how we can, yeah. kind of survive. And uh, some of them are like, "Nah, he max that shit out." <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I can, to I each I their own can, with that. I'm yeah. sure.
1: Does that have any any say into the festivals moving overseas? So, like, I know Punk and Drublik moved is kind of scheduled for 2021 to be in Europe. Is that part of that site too? Like, to be able to really so, ma- maximize this.
3: Uh, man, that's where it gets kind of cloudy. Yeah. Is so Cameron created Punk and Drublik. I was sitting in his backyard with him smoking a cigar five, four or five years ago, and uh, we'd kind of always talked about it, but that's where it kind of funneled in and became clear. Punk and Drublik, no effects. Let's do it. Um, and we were with that other company, um, and they had ownership in it too. So it split three ways. A lot of things have happened, and now no effects no, they control all of europe that it belongs to them so we don't have anything to do with europe anymore okay. right on. loosely but not really so i can't speak on europe and i'm bummed because there was a time where it was like dude justin you're gonna go to europe and you're gonna run these shows oh shit like, oh god dude let's do it hell yeah not anymore now i'm off to whatever random Fucking town.
0: In <laughs> <laughs> Some of those random towns are okay, though, right? No, they're cool. We yeah.
3: we have
2: fun in every town we go to. Because like the logistics overseas, it almost reminds with fire fast. It's like you don't know what, you really don't know the layout till you get there, and then you get these ham and cheese sandwiches in a, in a clam shell.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's where it would get expensive on our end, is because I I would have to fly out months before to every city, yeah. and I'd have to do a sight walk and that's just dude that's so much money like we can't afford to just send me out to i don't know what hamburger germany i don't know you know yeah like, yep and then come back and be like well i didn't do anything but just gotta gotta look at the site Yep. and fucking ate bratwurst <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe toward a brewery right i mean that doesn't it doesn't hurt
3: <laughs> dude yeah i would definitely go to Bitburger for sure nice oh hell yeah uh but yeah that's we have nothing to do with Europe, and I was kind of nervous about that, honestly, because I don't, I don't speak German, I don't speak any European languages. So I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? How am I going to talk to these people? Yeah.
1: Plus, you have to like abide to their their local compliance. Like, I'm sure that just gets so complicated that when you were talking about earlier with like piggybacking on like you know, unfortunately, the Live Nation or Ticketmasters of the world, like they have it so dialed. They own everything. They know everyone. They even own like the subsidiary companies that like. They can't yep. fuck up, right? And totally. they have the They have the insurance to cover any kind of oversight. So, yeah, I mean, I that's
3: have... another off-air conversation we can have.
1: Totally. Yeah, we've had a lot. <laughs> we've had a lot off-air. And that's why you know, happen we can talk about the stuff on-air. Uh, yeah, one but... thing I wanted to bring up on-air though is the future considerations. Um, yep. You know, we were everything was fucking gung ho. So your beer festivals slash music festivals were on fire. The Economy was on a climb. Everything was golden. We were going to. I mean we've talked about it on this podcast. I think I was averaging at one point, uh, one show per week. So four shows a month on average, which is pretty decent considering we're all in our mid thirties. And then COVID happened, just fucking slammed everything. So how has that affected, obviously, what you had with Punk in the Park um, moving to 2021? Do you have any kind of insight on on how that's uh, changing your whole, your whole uh, setup?
3: Yeah, well, so Punk in the Park was supposed to be this past April um and then uh, we had to move it to august 8th we just we went we got as close as we could that we thought maybe there was a chance and realized quickly that wasn't going to happen so now it's april of next year um and uh, beyond that there's talks of other things a little bit but we're i mean we're not gonna get too deep into that right now Mm. because
0: no yep yep
3: what's the point um
0: yeah, we're a ways out, right? I mean, before yeah, we can figure that
3: out for real. a long fucking ways out. I just counted in my head today. I was like, wait, how long do I have to wait till we can do another show? Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Maybe. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's a maybe, right? You don't even know if that's going to be legit.
3: Yeah, so. Uh, but the cool thing about Punk on the Park is we did, as far as, like, so we're talking about refunding. Man, if you guys could see our office and the, the personnel. Mm like you to anybody to somebody that doesn't know you would think we're this big company dude it's me cameron his wife and then our curator sometimes and that's it wow yeah that's all the the planning so it's hard to refund all that because that money's going towards the show yeah we have to pay the bands and all that so we added an extra day yep and we added no effects to it so it's a two-day festival now nice
0: Nice. sweet rad I hope that happens, honestly, for all of us. We we've talked about live music coming back here a ton on this podcast and how it might look. And that's, you know, you, you said early on, you see a field and then you, you think of the things that you need for it. And that's going to change dramatically now, right? You got to look at, like, are people going to walk in in hazmat suits? Are you going to temperature check everybody? Like, what are you going to look for?
3: Yeah, no shit. I mean, I'm going to have to order, like, hand-washing stations, like, yep. extra. Probably a couple hundred. Uh, sanitizing all that, <clears throat> all our entry is gonna have to, yeah, it's gonna change completely.
0: Yeah, different um, world, yeah,
2: yeah. And I saw in I think it was Europe, there was uh, almost these like scaffolding pods that could fit like 10 people. I mean, imagine the setup, like
3: you, I, get, you dude, get to order
2: I, those, like what?
3: I know, I saw that and I thought, man, this would take me a week to put this fucking thing together. Oh, I'm shit. used to doing it in. 24 48 hours tops. And yeah, that would take forever. That might even take two weeks to do that.
2: And you get to enforce people staying in their pod. And it's like
3: Yeah, oh, I oh saw nice. that me when there's like the fucking sheep in their little cages. <laughs> <Which> <laughs> yeah. funny.
0: I go to a show like that right now though. I, I cause I miss it. <laughs> I want to go see live music.
1: I yeah, I think a lot of people would. Yeah, we've talked about those sacrifices. Like, all right, here's what we're getting. In the news today. If it means going to a show, you have to wear it. Well, this was like, what, a month ago? You have to wear a hazmat suit. hazmat suit, yeah. And we were like, fuck that shit. And then now we're like, "Ah."
3: I might wear that, yeah. (laughs) Dude, if we did something like that, man, that $40 ticket would now be like (laughs) a $100 ticket. Yeah, for sure. That's true.
0: That's
2: true. (laughs) Well, Nate, you saw a headline where it could have been like an Onion Hard Times article or something, but you could get like a beverage pass with your hazmat suit and they'd like give it to you through a. A little slit in your suit or something. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah there's a mechanism. Yeah, that had where... to be hard times. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I swear yeah, those a... guys are those guys are the same wa- wavelength as us. I swear to God, <laughs> we're constantly yeah, making bro. the same jokes.
3: Yeah. <laughs> okay, what are you guys drinking right now, anyway?
0: Ooh, that's a great question. I am drinking a Kineo from Battery Steel out of Portland, Maine. Oh yeah. All right. Yep. I got a.
1: uh
2: apple cider with uh some fireball (laughs)
3: delicious
1: yeah Yeah. oh yeah not to to not to toot my own horn here or anything but i had a few beers before this but right now i'm rocking the two roots straight drink it's actually non-alcoholic yeah
0: so those are pretty good though i had one of those not bad yeah
3: Yeah. i almost am
0: not gonna tell you how i procured that but it happened
3: I almost brought one on here just to give a little plug, but i uh, uh, do plug. it.
0: Go grab one, man. Do it. No, I'm
3: trying to get drunk, dude. So
0: All right. Yeah. Right
3: non elks for the yeah, when you're trying to have drink Drinking uh I don't know if you guys know Gunwhale and do you know Nate? And dude, look at this. this is the this is the one I had before. Hell yeah. Nice. <laughs> there you
0: go. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> for those of you at home, they both just pulled out a Gunwhale. <laughs> My
3: dude, I Cracked this open, or I got it earlier and I pulled it out. I was about to crack it open. It's called Surfbird. Nice. And my my daughter, she she's two. She goes, oh, Family Guy. <laughs> 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 That's so funny that she could like put that That's together. Awesome.
1: Speaking of beer, and that was another question we had is like future of craft breweries. Like obviously there's a big shift going on right now in, in the craft beer scene, and we're all the same age for the most part, and got the best of the craft beer scene i mean obviously there was like the you know the, the surge in like the 90s but this most recent one that we were all part of was like the best you know talking about like really cool can art which i collect can't like beer just for the can art. i have a four bins in my garage of just empty cans that i had bought for that reason and so forth and like limited release stuff i was telling these guys earlier that i'm gonna buy some uh, of the belching beaver deftones release that comes out tomorrow i gotta race there before it sells out where do you think it's going now I and mean, we had the ipa craze and all this
3: stuff like what's the future of that maybe two years ago right kind of at the peak of these beer and punk festivals we were doing yeah. i i got this feeling i could kind of sense it i got a feeling that like maybe craft beer is going to start dialing back and there were quite a few closures um mm-hmm. I, not to sound cocky but i don't think i'm wrong very often but i think i was wrong I think there was just kind of like a little recession in it. And then I yeah. think it bounced back because it seems to be back to normal again. It seems like it's just, there's all kinds of rad beers coming out. People are talking about them, posting about them, but it kind of got stagnant there for a little bit.
1: I know exactly. You said two years ago.
3: Yeah. I think maybe like two years ago, 2018.
1: Yeah, dude, for sure. Cause that's when like green flash was having financial trouble and like right. of breweries were like, are we going to call it quits or just closing? I mean a lot like stone for instance, like great brewery, but like, you know, I have a friend that lives in Switzerland and like when they opened their tasting room in Germany, he said he would go to that Germany tasting room and everyone was like, this is fucking lame because it's not German beer, you know, for all the locals. Yeah. They were like, they were
0: they were well, so, anti that.
3: But BrewDog <laughs> took that over and like they, they're not that much different than Stone and, and how they do things. How are yeah, they going to survive? I mean, is it good? Is it like because they're European, they're going to be able to hang on or? Yeah. Yeah, it might have been the signs of the times, or it just took maybe, some adjust. Maybe, it's like the cockiness of like an American brewery and yeah. Stone being the cockiest of them all. For maybe sure, maybe that pissed them off.
0: I, I could see that being. I, I remember watching a uh, a video on them talking about going there and how Germans were gonna be like, "No, this isn't water and yeast and <laughs> and hops and you know, like we're the we're not into laws. this. Yeah, we're not into this. Like you you guys you guys are. If they just maybe wrote it out, they might have been fine."
3: dude but. speaking of brew dog they do you see that you guys have aldi out there yep grocery store
0: i've heard of it yeah no uh,
3: that, so they're aldi made a beer mocking punk ipa or something it's called like uh, like i don't know what something like resist or something the system or something like that and brew dog <laughs> they caught wind of it and they gave Aldi shit about it, so Aldi let them make their own beer for him. It's got, like, the Aldi logo on it and shit, and it's called Ald IPA. Oh, shit. (laughs) Nice. I can't wait to try it, dude. It's going (laughs) to be be awesome.
2: We were joking around about the future of beer and canning and whatnot, uh, starting to, you know, kind of be similar to, like, sports cards are now back in, and you get the one-of-one cards, one-of-three cards, and then vinyl, you get the rare variants. Pretty soon, we're going to have, like, the rare... 12 pack of Bissell brothers with the, with the gold can or something. Yep. And it's, you can, yep. you can send it in and get it graded. Like limited and shit. Edition. Yeah. Like
0: yep.
3: I, am yep. t- that's my, oh, dude. see, dude, it's got, it has a piece of the brewer's brew boot on there. Yeah, exactly. It. Yes.
0: It's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it's autographed and they autographed it too. Yeah. Yeah. I think Nate said it best. He was like, it's like the Wu- that one Wu-Tang album they made, they made it, for oh, yeah. one person and uh, that that uh, farmer bro bought it and <laughs> that was the end of it
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh that's
0: funny same idea you're gonna get one of one you you got the one four pack from you know <laughs> uh friggin modern times and it has the uh the head brewer's signature and a piece of his shirt
1: Fuck yeah. yeah right well that's why you're ahead of the times though because i mean like that's what's selling right now. That's why like I'm going to Belching Beaver tomorrow is those music and beer collabs, like yeah, those are kind of limited, like that Belching Beaver one that comes out tomorrow, like it's super limited. It's a two, four pack. So eight, eight eight beers per person. It's like, I can't remember how many barrels, but they only had so much, uh, materials to make, make the batch. And once it sold out, it sold out. So like the demand is probably sky high, but they only have so many like, you know, hops and, and whatnot to make that certain beer. So it's like, and now that, you know, like the one you gave me, that no effects, Punk and Drublick stone collab, like oh, as yeah. soon as that sold out in the store, I couldn't find it. And I just wanted it for the to beer, to drink, but also keep that can. And it's like, you got to like search on eBay for that can now.
3: So I know, dude. I have. Yeah. I still have a couple cases of that that I just don't want to. I just want to leave them alone.
1: Yeah, dude, like, for sure.
3: Not keep just it. one. I want all of them, and I don't want to drink them. I just want <laughs> so yeah, now, yeah. Just, You're
0: a Collector, You're a collector, man. That's, that's co- how we all are.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: that's nerdery right there. That's that's what we call nerdery. Yeah,
1: nerdery and what was the other term? Beardery.
0: Yeah, beardery. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. weedery. I mean, that could happen too. Yeah,
1: weedery. (laughs) Facebook has the targeted
2: marketing, and uh, they some uh, beer delivery service was charging. I think it was fifty nine ninety nine for a six pack of Belching Beaver, because we can't get it out here, and that's just ridiculous. And I'm sure there's people that pay that will pay that too. Plus shipping yeah. the shore. Beaver. Yeah, it was oh, a Deftones. Yeah. I think it was a Digital Bath. Is that one or Phantom yep. Bride yep. or Yeah, fifty nine bucks. I was like, uh, No, I'm I'm just gonna fly out to the West Coast. And...
3: Yeah, right. No <laughs> shit. I I wouldn't, dude. I I wouldn't pay twenty dollars for it. Honestly, not to be a dick, but <laughs> no. But let's go. Yeah. Let's bring this up here. The fucking cost of beer, man. Jeez. Yeah,
0: that and that's that where I'm headed. There's so many good beers that. 12, 13, $14 a four, a four pack, but it's hard to. I have, I am increasingly more skeptical about buying a $20 four pack. Like, I'm just like, ah, man, do I really need to? Cause I know I like this one and it's $13. Or no
3: 12. shit. And I think that's where when I was talking about the decline, is that was happening. I know that was happening. Cause I had yeah. talked to a lot of people about it just to get some information. I do the same thing. I drink Swami's, Pizza Port Swami's yep. every fucking day.
0: Because mm-hmm. I know that shit's
3: awesome. I know the price. And that four pack, you know, it, it looks good, but that's a lot of money. I don't want to risk that shit. I'll, I'll see what my right. song on this. Well,
0: and yeah. it may not be good, right? You buy four of them, you drink one of them, and you think, oh, man.
3: It's too fucking risky. Yeah.
0: yeah. Did I need to spend $22 on this four pack? No. And then for us, some of the places that are selling them like that, we might have to drive to, and, you know, in Massachusetts or, uh, Vermont, you know yeah. places like that 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 are kind of known for it. And I'm like, do I really want to buy a twenty dollar four pack right now? It's yeah, and, and crazy. I, and I drove here what is this? I, yeah. Exactly. So you
2: settle for the Goose Island four pack for six ninety nine.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: all right.
2: <laughs> it works. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. We talk we have about them
3: real them. quick. Yeah. Dude, did everybody just like forget all the fucking hardcore craft dudes that will never buy corporate beer? Did they just forget?
0: Yeah. Right. Did she, they get yeah. bought out?
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: Yep. one well, that don't they do that stout every year too that
3: yeah the, that's what i was talking about Urban, uh, bourbon
0: county bourbon, bourbon county, county that every, comes yeah, out
3: yep. everyone goes and buys it yeah like dude, eight years ago you're like dude i'm never ever fucking buying them again yeah oh bourbon county came out let's go get it dude
0: yeah yeah every year like ah, oh, it's another one oh it's a different I, variant. it's an orange variant <laughs> like, i like,
3: haven't yeah. drank it since before the sale yeah i haven't had any goose island and not that i'm like this anti-capitalist or anything like cool good for them they they made it but i i said i wasn't gonna fucking i wasn't gonna do it and i'm not gonna do it
0: yep yeah that's fair
1: see there's so much parallels between craft beer and music it's like when you sell like go to a major major label you're like ah fuck you dude like you could have just stayed true you know
3: that's funny i was gonna say that our curator the way she acts with breweries is how like a lot of people would act if they know bands or whatever like i've I'm like, oh, yeah, dude, I fucking know Pennywise, you know. Oh, oh I got a homie and the Offspring, you know, whatever. She's like that with Bruce. Oh, I know this guy over at, you know, what, what the fuck ever in, yeah. in wherever, in Florida or whatever. like That's awesome. Like, uh, like it's cool. Like, I'm supposed to be like, oh, rad. <laughs> like, nah, cool. I'll just go buy the beer. <laughs> yeah
2: and it's probably like um you know like there's a joke especially with like uh in with oc metalcore like all those dudes have played in every single band it's like all the brewers have
3: brewed for everyone at this point yeah right it, <laughs> like having been a brewer at stone just doesn't hold up anymore nobody cares
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tuan, that just brought up the best point because when uh justin was talking about um pizza port which is like a local uh franchise down here like localized franchise they have like i think what four or five locations and uh six five or six six yeah and it's a cool place because all the people that make beer there end up going becoming master brewers at like other breweries so when i was at st archer we our main brewer was yiga uh yiga and he had come he had come from pizza port and then became our head brewer at uh, st archer and then st archer sold to miller coors and everyone gave the finger to st archer for that sellout move so that was like similar to um to Goose Island, where it was like a little early in the sell-off game. Like, oh, really? You're gonna go that route? That sucks. Um, yeah,
3: it's dude. Pizza <laughs> Port. You're right. A lot of people have come through there.
1: Yeah, like it's like, like the whatever. indie label. It's like the indie label of uh of brewing. Like once you go there, you you can kind of get your uh,
3: your roots down, and then be a master brewer at like whatever other brewery. It's pretty cool. Absolutely, it's cool. All their so they're all brew pubs. It's a pizza place, and each location they actually brew their own shit there, so everything's unique that spot plus they have like their actual like flagship beers So that place is cool i love pizza port
2: it's like the victory records of uh beer yeah
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> definitely
0: Nate, i feel like uh, you brought some of that home once
1: probably i mean they yeah. do they do releases all the time like they did yeah. like i mean they, they've been doing some really cool can art lately i've been buying it for the can art they did like a bacon and eggs did you get that one justin the, the stout in my yeah. fridge
3: i've had, i've been sitting on that for a year yeah, nice. I know
1: this is that one, but yeah, they always do stuff. They just did a new one called Kook Slam, which is, a, I think it's a double IPA. But um,
3: I think that's their, I think yeah, it's like their triple or whatever. Kook's yeah, like yeah. the regular double. Yeah. Um, but hey, do you know, you know Nate Squilachi? No. You you worked at Saint Archer. No. He was like the know. sales rep there for a long time. What was his name? Nate Scolacci. He worked he worked for, uh, CBG too. He's I think that's where he's at now.
1: Oh, Okay, that
2: name. Actually I know, I, didn't, I thought
3: maybe you knew. him. Never mind. <laughs> He's like the OC rep.
1: Nate, hey, you know everyone. Come on. Yeah, I was expecting I, you. And we have the same much. name, so it's like, hmm. I was there at the beginning. Though it was just me and like five people. At yeah, San you Ontario. were. You were there tall.
0: like eight years ago, right? Seven years. There, eight years ago. Yeah.
1: I was there at the start, and then I left. um uh, And then they sold the Miller Coors like two uh, two years later. Should have stayed yeah. for that equity.
3: <laughs> yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, man that that was the move.
3: <laughs> yeah, that shit was that was crazy. I think we all knew it was going to happen though.
1: Yeah, you can kind of see the writing on the wall with certain breweries. You're like, all right, well.
3: Well, we first saw the first time I ever saw him. Cameron was like, he we got a six pack. We're like, what the fuck is this? Let's try it. you know dude, this looks like it's designed to sell, right? Like, this is gonna sell. So they're yeah. gonna sell this company.
1: The label they had the green flash thing going on where it was like one's an IPA, one's a double IPA, one's a saison. It was like mm-hmm. yeah, like, it all looked the same. Everything was yeah. the same all the labeling yeah plus they had all the ambassadors that were like pro surfers and pro skaters that would roll th- through the tasting room all the time and i was new to california so i was like oh fucking right that's <laughs> that's that's this." oh is- yeah
3: um well, i can't think of his name i've worked with him uh, the warp tour dude kevin lyman kevin lyman oh, yeah nice. i actually he was a partner in punk and Drummond for the our portland show oh, nice. uh, but he was nice. an owner in, in st archer hmm. or an oh, investor
1: well, yeah lots of investors in that pool for sure, crazy man.
0: So we get a little, we get a little lightning round. We want to do with you, Justin. You ready for this? Kind of quick, one word, one or two word answers, one sentence answers. First thing for me, what do you you, you mentioned? Uh, the what was the brewery you guys? The pizza, pizza, pizza port, pizza port. So is that what you're drinking right now, or are there other things that you're kind of kicking around right now? That well, I'm
3: drinking Gunwell yep. right this minute, but I I actually wanted a Swami's right now. <laughs> I'm about to drink that right now. <laughs> so
0: that's that's what you're into right now, the the gung ho and the.
3: I, dude, always. That's my go-to. That's my everyday beer. Nice. Which is kind of expensive for an everyday beer, but I fucking love it.
2: All right, next one. Favorite band of all time. First question. Favorite band right now.
3: Pennywise all time favorite band right now. Pennywise. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, nice. I don't know. I honestly I couldn't say. Uh, I, I would say, fuck all time Pennywise. Like that's my favorite band ever. New or newer, or just something I'm into right now. Uh, I've always, I've never liked Teenage Bottle Rocket, but I kind of like them right now.
2: Nice. Just know the name. I don't know. I I don't think I've heard them.
1: Here's one. And you you got the uh, terminology earlier with nerdery. So nerdery is like, you know, just something super geeky that has to do with music. Uh, Favorite piece of nerdery? Poster, vinyl,
3: photo, something in that realm. Oh, Jesus. Probably uh, my favorite. piece of anything is probably my scallywag the first year we did scallywag in san diego oh that lineup was dope dude we've got so there's the one-off poster that was just for crew hi Annie. um and it's autographed by bad religion ofex
0: oh, everybody
3: and i got a lot of that type of shit but that one was special because that kind of set up what would become punk and Drublik and all that nice that's awesome. Yeah.
1: That lineup was amazing. It was like I think Goldfinger Real Big Fish was around there too, right?
3: Yeah. So that essentially became what Punk and Drew was. Yeah. Mike loved it so much. He came to us and he was like, dude, that was dude, that was fucking awesome. Let's let's do this. And am like, hey, guess what? We were just talking about this. Let's do it.
1: Yeah. I remember when that lineup came out and I was like, What? This is the fucking adult warp tour. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like...
3: <laughs> I'll send you guys a picture of that one too.
2: Nice. Hell yeah. We saw this year, or it, what's going to be next year's lineup. And uh, was it Frank Turner, NoFX, Comeback Kid? It was like, it was awesome.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they were all going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's
3: the time.
0: We'll get them back. We'll get them we'll back. we back, yeah. It's going to take a little time. It's going to take a little elbow grease, but we'll get them back. I'm I'm being optimistic.
3: Yeah, it'll be different, but. God, I hope so, dude.
0: Yeah, me too, I man. can't just, like, <laughs> hit
3: hit the ground running though like it
0: yeah
3: i've got to get like warmed up and dialed in i gotta get my flow going it'll take me a year to just feel like i'm where i need to be Mm -hmm. so sorry if we come out your way and the festival's gonna suck well and you'll have
2: to react to the climate you'll get to react to how things are uh, and if you come out
0: our way and there's a festival i mean I'll wear a mask. I'll um, I'll put a hazmat suit on and come check that shit out. And I mean, we're boys now, so (laughs) you've come on the pod. We gotta we gotta we gotta meet. We gotta do this.
3: I'll take you backstage, but don't wear a mask around me because I'll get angry. All
0: right. (laughs) So, Pennywise, your favorite your favorite group of all time. Give us your top three Pennywise albums.
3: Ooh. Uh. Okay. Um, about time. Number one. Number two. Full circle number three oh dude this is sacrilegious i'm gonna say it all or nothing nice, zoli nice. is a really close friend of mine and when he took over dude I was like holy shit like this is i can't believe this is happening and that record might not be a pennywise record a lot of people will say it's awesome but it's not pennywise dude that thing's a fucking masterpiece that's nice. a great record.
0: We'll probably hit you up for some uh, Nate. I'll, I'll probably text you for some songs for our playlist. We do a playlist for our, uh, the podcast every week, so we'll need your uh, your input on that here coming forward, going forward.
3: Oh yeah, I can definitely throw in some shit. Hell yeah. I I got a I have a COVID playlist on on uh, Spotify. I'll send you guys the link to that. Check it out. And see. Hell yeah, we'll still listen that, to it. Don't. You'll totally understand where I stand on this whole fucking nonsense nice <laughs> i actually
2: haven't heard that album that zoli's on because i like ignite and nate have you heard the sunday bloody sunday ignite no. cover have you heard no. that that's my yeah. least
0: favorite
3: Ignite you'd song. you'd like it it's good <laughs> that's my least favorite ignite song i hate that song. <laughs> is it really yeah it's still good though you know it's still it's it, still bad it is <laughs> dudes have you have you ever been to an ignite show never been no It's good man zoli is a fucking character He's he's something else. He's he's like as annoying and irritating as Fletcher, but less obvious. You look at him like, oh, it seems like normal dudes. He can get under your skin real quick.
2: I have a flyer of a show from 2006 right over here. Um, I think Strike Anywhere opened, but I I didn't make it there. Oh, man.
3: You guys fucking come out whenever this shit. Dude, any show you want to go to, I'll hook you up. (laughs)
0: Nate's been talking to us about coming out there as soon as we can do this. So it's, it's definitely on the radar.
3: Come yeah. out. And even if it's not one of my shows, I'll still hook you guys up. I'll get you backstage and all that.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah. I love that. Nice.
3: Easy, easy. I
1: mean, that's why I was hitting four shows a month. There was, there was just so much going on. I was like, how could I not, you know? And that was me trying to hold back on like things all the time or like not go overboard. But speaking of shows, what, what's your uh, favorite music venue? Maybe even just in California, but even overall?
3: Um, there's a couple. Uh, yeah. The Observatory in Orange in Santa, County. In Santa Ana? Yep. Dude, I love that venue. Hell yeah. That, venue that's a great size. venue. Yep. Um, I, I like the Roxy a lot. And just because it's not the easiest. It's kind of, you know, all those clubs in Hollywood are shitty and just kind of like, well, hey, we can fit a building here. Let's just put something in there real quick. But the history there is what is fucking rad like yeah if you're yeah. backstage in the main green room and you go to walk into the bathroom right as you're walking in you look up above the doorway there's a picture of bob marley wow. standing right where you're at and you look up <laughs> nice. at it nice it's kind of neat. Oh, nice <laughs> well i like where the stage is it's a it's kind of kitty yeah there's like yeah, not a bad because i was out there last summer
2: and hit up uh Roxy Chain Reaction. You went to
3: Chain Reaction. And... That's a fucked up venue, man. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate that yeah. venue.
2: <laughs> the yeah. early. Well, it's so like it's like kind of long and narrow, and there's like that little barrier
3: in between. They. Uh, I don't know if when when you went there, it, they opened it up. They expanded, so it's a little better now. But there used to be no alcohol because it was all straight edge for years. Now they have beer, at least. Thank God.
1: That's so funny that like some of the shitty venues are they're just iconic but if you go to the shit like go to the venue and you've like heard about it forever and you're like oh this is what it is like soma in san diego is like not a good venue you know yeah but so many good so many dude good choices roll through there
3: you ever been to the troubadour
1: oh yeah 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 that's and, another
3: one you're like dude, yeah, that's fucking legendary and you're like what or the whiskey that's even worse yeah <laughs> what the fuck Did motley crew this was the place this this yeah. place fucking yeah. sucks <laughs> this is terrible
1: well cool thing about cool thing about the Roxy though, cool thing about the thing about the Roxy is it's next to uh Rainbow Bar. So like you go in pre show to grab a drink and you're like running into like the oh, band yeah. and like back and in the day afterwards, like
3: afterwards you go yeah. hang out with Ron Jeremy. That's what yeah. you do. And Lemmy. And or, yeah, it used to be Lemmy. Before he passed. I've in. I've ran into him there. Mm-hmm. Uh, me too. Yeah, oh, Ron it. Jeremy dude, that's you can fucking take that to the bank. Every time you go to the, <laughs> the Roxy, he's out there.
1: He's always there. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Guys, that's so funny. Well, it's like uh CBGB's on the East Coast when it was still here. Yeah. I was like all hyped up to go, and I walk in there. I'm like, I'm not gonna touch <laughs> anything. <laughs> yeah. I
3: bet, dude. Yeah, that, yeah, that's gotta be a this shit hole. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's how the whiskey, the the Roxy, they redid everything. So it's all it's nice now, but the the whiskey is still just you, oh. The wall, Grungy. doors, the bathroom. Like, oh, <laughs> we love it. that shit though. And then, <laughs> but still cool because you're like, wow, oh, dude, Tommy Lee is probably fucking Pamela Anderson right here. Like, that's, that's cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. Casbah, Casbah in San Diego, same thing. Just like super, super gnarly.
3: Yeah. But, it's, it is. That's a good point. Yeah. It's kind of, it's neat that it's like that though. You wouldn't want yeah. it to, if you walked into a place and it was everything you thought it'd be, then it would. Yeah. It's got the mystique. Nah, man. Yeah, it is cool to hear all the history. Fuck yeah.
0: I think that's everything I had, you guys. I don't know if you had anything else.
1: Yeah, for the lightning round. Yeah,
0: that's it. Yeah, that was good. Yep. Yeah. Justin, thank you for coming on, man. Much appreciated.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun. Yeah, we like, uh,
2: we, yeah, it's a different perspective of the industry that, you know, I think you confirmed some things and then, you know, some other things that were cool to hear about for sure. Uh, but yeah, with Tony and I come, come out West Coast, we'll make sure to
1: hit up, uh, Adult warp Tour, because I'm,
2: I'm going yeah,
0: for
1: it. I'm
2: so that ready for it. Sounds like
0: a blast.
1: Yeah, beer and music. We'll just get an Uber for the whole thing.
0: I may, <laughs> never, I may never leave. I may just uh, stay dude. out there.
3: <laughs> That'd be dope. Uh, yeah, if we <laughs> do it again, but there's been talks of San Diego. I don't know if that'll happen, but we'll definitely do I think Punk in the Park is going to be Punk in Trouble. I think, in Orange County. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you guys are ever in Orange County, you can come to any show you want. Crash Shit, my house, yeah, man! Parking house is
1: huge. That sounds great. Hell yeah! Speaking cool. of which, Justin, if you want to plug it, is there is there a website or anything that we can? Yeah, people call. Up, people can look up to find that festival for next year.
3: Uh, just punkofthepark.com. Nice. Um, Instagram. Nice. Uh, but before you follow that, follow Beer Punks.
0: Yeah, follow Beer Punks at Beer Punks, right? At Beer Punks.
3: I don't even know what I do anymore. I used to sell merch and shit and like cover shows and breweries and I don't do anything anymore. (laughs) Now the people just come to you. (laughs) Yeah, right. But yeah, that's it. That's all I have for a plug. I think. Perfect. Awesome, man. Oh, and hit up Two Roots, bro.
0: Yeah, Two Roots Uh, at Two Roots Brewing. Yeah, hell yeah.
1: Awesome. That was my buddy Justin, also known as at Beer Punks on Instagram. Uh, He runs a social media platform for craft beer and also his um, production company, which is uh, the handles OC Brew Ha -ha, which is a Brew Ha -ha Productions, which puts on those uh, music festivals and beer festivals that we're talking about. Super cool for him to come on. I mean, we've been talking about it for a while, me and him. So uh, it was really nice to come on. What do you guys think about that episode?
2: Yeah, I think it was awesome. I think, um... yeah. You know, like like we've said this whole time, like we've had musicians, we've had radio DJs, we've had people that own websites, we've had photographers. So this is, you know, a person who has another unique perspective in that whole really supply chain and the whole music supply chain. And um, it confirmed some things that we, you know, we kind of knew and others. It was eye opening and um, it's just cool. You throw in the beer, too. And it's like he, he's he's us, basically.
0: Yeah. Two birds of one stone there, and I think I've said that to you guys a couple times in pre-production meetings. But we get to hear um, how uh, uh, you know those those festivals get thrown together, and, and and what he does on a day-to-day basis when it comes to that stuff. And that was pretty cool. And then to kind of bring in the beer, bring in the fold, uh, you know those craft breweries, and make those uh, two things kind of one. And you're gonna go to a concert. You're gonna you're gonna go and you're you're hoping to have a couple of beers while you're watching the show, right? And you want it to be good beer. And you're going to one of these festivals. You're gonna get good beer. Like I don't know how many shows I've been doing. Like, oh man, all I can get is this one crap brewery, and I was hoping for six of them. <laughs> you know, totally we, especially today, so many different crap breweries out there. Why why can't we have you know a plethora? They're doing that, and they've been doing that now for a little while. So really cool to hear that perspective and how that that came about.
1: Yeah, you nailed it, man. He specializes in, in those two things exactly, which is like craft beer and not just like a handful, but, you know, a ton of making a full-on beer festival, like Great American Beer Festival in, in Colorado, and then mix in like an all-star lineup of, of punk punk rock music. Uh, Twan, I think you nailed it with, it's the Adult warp Tour. I mean, it's a dream job for us, so it was cool for Justin to come on. It's like really kind of give us the landscape on how it goes down from its roots to to current and even with covid um to hear his take on it it's pretty cool to hear
2: yeah i love that adult warp tour cuz like i'm trying to think of the last time i went to warp tour it was probably late 2000s you know so mm-hmm. you're you're pushing 25 and you feel like the old person at those events and if you went now i mean you you would feel like the oldest person unless there's parents that have you know parents of teenagers that go which... You that's know, you coming prob- up for us. That, yeah. That,
0: that's going to start happening. <laughs> right?
2: Yeah. So I think with these festivals, it's obviously, tw- obviously 21 plus, and I assume it's it's pretty low-key. I mean, there's probably no one too, too rowdy. I. It sounds like a a perfect mix in my eyes because I've been to brew and I've been to music festivals, but where it's really dialed in for both of those, mm-hmm. it's it's the perfect harmony, really.
0: So what I'm smelling is a... Uh, beer punks and at patio slave Brewfest in southern maine when things are back to normal <laughs> yeah. right would... we could we could we could use his, him to help us out with the uh seafield fill field and uh us with some of the i, th- I have a couple connections in the southern maine brewery slash distillery scene we can make that happen right <laughs> yeah. oh
1: man it's a match made in heaven thompson's point Yep. And, uh, that Punk. was exactly
0: where I was thinking Nate Thompson's fucking point that would be perfect
1: Punk and Drupalik with like Bissell Brothers on board
0: yeah yep. we could pull Bissell we could pull yeah yep.
2: it's it's outdoors on the water just for context
0: who knows man we could pull this off we could make this happen down the road once <sighs> things are back to semi-normal we'll ha- we'll all be in hazmat suits that's really right. all <laughs> it is right
2: and actually it's fun. It, he when Tony you asked him you know what's the lead up time on these festivals and and i think he said you know at least in some in some of them it's a year especially if yep. a new one that yep. doesn't surprise me at all just nope. all of the nope. i mean think about it people plan their weddings years in advance you know yes they do yeah
0: they do i just i just had mine <laughs> you just, <do. laughs> there you go I've been planning mine for like 18 months
1: well that and that's the thing though like you're outsourcing for your wedding to own, like multiple companies what Justin yeah. said is they're all in. They're one vertical integration. Like that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Crew and everything. Yeah. So,
0: and they've got a uh, a person who's like their taster, their beer beer lady. I, I want that job, man. Oh, I want to wow. be the person that's like, yeah, I know somebody in that town, and I can get that brewery. And I know somebody in that town, and I can get that one too. Like that works for me. I would do that right now.
1: Heck yeah, do what you love. Yeah, love right. what drink you what you love.
0: Just drink what you love. No, but that was that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that
2: yeah what episode was it where we're talking recently where the promoter has all the risk what was that was that last week
0: yeah it was recent yeah yeah
2: so it's like especially like now these festivals have brand names and they know the mark it's like it's dialed they know the markets they know they know who's going to come through at the gate long even before the, the day of the festival right but early on you you probably have no idea i mean can you imagine sweating Yeah. Right. Not knowing if you're going to break even I because there's just so much overhead. And that's kind of what I wanted to kind of get at is like even for someone like me, who's never put on a show, I have a pretty good idea of what I know. And that's just probably tip of the iceberg.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely tip of the iceberg for us because we see we walk into a venue, especially at our age now. We've been to a bunch of shows. We've seen a lot of different things. We know what works, what doesn't because we've seen a, you know, in person. You walk into a venue and you see, oh, there, the merch tables there. That doesn't make any sense because the flow is bad. Or you, you, that those are the types of things that you would look right. at as a as a as a promoter. How am I going to make this place function, whether it be parking, or uh, where the beer tent is, or any of that stuff? So, we having gone to a million of those things, we know how that might work. And to hear it from you know from Justin, that was that was kind of cool.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of civil engineering that goes along with it. I think he said he was a former former Marine, so he's yeah, probably yep. has that he's probably utilizing the those tools, uh, mentality wise or just tactics to have some kind of plan in place. But uh yeah, at the end of the day, like he was talking about it pretty candidly, like, you know, he didn't go to school to be a promoter or he just goes to these fields and kind of gets a landscape idea of this will work or this won't work. So it's very much analog, which is so, really
0: neat. So he's the Jason Bourne of putting together music festivals by sight. That's what he does, right? He, he walks Isn't into it? a place and he's like, "Where's the exit? How do I kill that guy? I'm going to make this all work." That's him. Pretty much. He's the That's OC silent. Jason Bourne.
2: You know what I thought of Tony when you were talking about, you know, we've been to all these festivals over the years, like we kind of know, you know, even for someone who doesn't do it, we kind of know what works and what doesn't as soon as you walk in. It reminds me yeah. of that outdoor uh, Mumford and Sons show. It was on a oh my
0: god, at a, the prom, yeah. uh, Eastern in, Promenade prom, in um,
2: in Portland. It's basically yep. an outdoor. It's um, it's a, it's a it's hill basically yep. that just looks yep. over to the water. Gorgeous view, most gorgeous views in in Maine. Um, but they had an outdoor show, the first and last one they've ever done. If you wanted a drink or food or beverage, the lines no snaked around the no whole chance. thing. I think it was the same for the bathrooms, too. Like, you didn't know what lines, where it was even going to. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You're just hopping in lines to, <laughs> I hope this is that for was, food. That
0: was eight years ago, earlier this month, that show. And I remember going to that show, and this is a tangent, but what's we do. Uh, <laughs> going to that show and thinking, I didn't eat lunch, but we're walking to the show now. It's 4 o'clock, and the, there's bands all day. Um, and thinking, oh, I'll just get food there. There was no food to be had. People were ordering pizzas and bringing them up to the uh, the fence and walking up to the fence to pick them up from Domino's because it was so bad, and wow. the logistics of that were just obviously first time they had done it and there's going to be some hiccups and that's you know it, Justin alludes to that too with with having a, a show at a new place or or first time venue so crazy crazy how that goes.
2: What about the um, what about the bar uh, uh, the bar I won't say uh, what about the venue in in Portland I won't say the name where you walk in into the bar like you walk right to the bar so like the first thing you see you have to go like navigate through a line of mm-hmm. people yeah it's um, too much it's like Who
0: who's it's the same that? thing with breweries too you walk into a brewery and it, it is the front you know kiosk bar where you're trying to get your beer that shouldn't be like walk put that back so people can walk in and like see the lay of the land and then get right. in line for a beer And that doesn't that make more sense it's the same with putting on a festival I would imagine yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's like a grocery store. You walk into the produce section first, always, right? Because that's yeah. like the most like peaceful. Yeah. Like, ah, I want to be here longer. <laughs>
0: nature. I'm in nature. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, though Justin was was cool, and that was that was a lot of fun. And uh, thanks, Nate, for for hooking that up because he was he was fun to have on.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. That's what Patio Slave is. It's the new LinkedIn. You know, we're just here to <laughs> yes <laughs> network with everyone.
0: Nerdery LinkedIn. <laughs> I like dirt in. Yep. So check us out on the socials, guys, at Padio Slave on Instagram and Twitter, and then email us at Padio Slave Podcast at gmail.com. We are very active there. Just ask Chip. And, uh, you know, we're, we're still going to keep rolling. We got some more stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks. Next week is going to be a lot of fun. I really, if you guys are fans of us, you've listened to us, you've been with us for a bit, next week will be pretty cool. So check that one out.
1: Yeah, super. It's gonna be super special. Super special. Very safe. special. No spoilers. one time only. No yeah, spoiler. Limited, limited edition.
0: Limited. One yeah. of one. Limited edition. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh, man. Uh, well,
2: thanks for uh, sticking with us, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. We'll see He's you guys next week. Heads.
1: Cheers, everyone.